You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. Happy Friday to you, and a great way to end the week because I am joined today by my FanRag colleague and, uh, of course, somebody that I think you all know, John Heyman, uh, will be with us today. So a lot of news to talk about and a great person to, uh, to review that news with. So uh, once we have uh, John here, we'll, uh, we'll dig right in. Um, but uh, just a few quick items. Uh, Max Scherzer may not be ready for opening day. Uh, and Adrian Beltre has a strained calf, could miss the World Baseball Classic. And now uh, John is here. We're going to dig right into some of the other uh, news items. So, John, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the show today. Hi, Al. It's great to be with you once again. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, great, great to have you here. So, yeah, just uh, quickly... Uh, Talked about a couple of the uh, news items that are out, uh, some of the bigger name players, uh, but nothing particularly serious. I think with uh, Max Scherzer just may not be ready for opening day. He's got a broken knuckle. Uh, that's something that that you wrote on. I believe that was yesterday, John. Uh, and yeah. And also, Adrian Beltre may be missing the World Baseball Classic, but to me, that sounds like more of a preventive measure with Beltre. Uh, do you have any information to suggest otherwise on that? No, I think he's going to have to heal for two or three weeks, so uh, he'll be sidelined for a little while. And, uh, yeah, I think the WBC appearance is clearly in jeopardy for him, but uh, it doesn't sound like a very serious thing. It's a grade one strain, so he's going to be okay for the season, no question about that. Uh, I was with the Nats uh, yesterday uh, with Dusty and Mike Rizzo and uh, Max Scherzer. Uh, Max is a little bit frustrated. He says that uh, uh, the latest pictures show that – the fracture is gone and is healed, but uh, he still feels pain while throwing. He feels no pain in his everyday life, but only pain while throwing. So he's frustrated. He said it, he wishes it was the other way around. He needs to throw. And so he's just kind of playing catch right now a little bit. But uh, he's definitely behind. Uh, and uh, I, I think that uh, Dusty Baker, who's a very honest fellow, uh, admitted that uh, they're planning just in case that he can't make it for opening day. So there's a possibility that he will be pushed back uh, for opening day, but I think they're hopeful that he will be just pushed back in spring and will be okay for opening day. Yeah, well, and that's, that is encouraging news. Now, I just did a draft for one of my leagues last night, and Scherzer, uh, almost like clockwork, is going second off the board among starting pitchers, obviously, after Clayton Kershaw. And last night, uh, and it was a fantasy pros draft, uh, Scherzer went after Madison Bumgarner. So uh, maybe uh, this is an opportunity to get Scherzer at a, at a slight discount, but uh, he may not need it, it sounds like. It sounds like he'll, he'll be pitching pretty close to the full schedule. John, something else yeah. uh, that you reported on recently that uh, the Cardinals and Yadier Molina are in preliminary extension talks. Uh, what's the latest on that? Uh, I realize it's pre- preliminary, but is there any sense of how serious the Cardinals are about uh, bringing Molina back once his contract is up? Well, they're going to give it the full spring. Uh, that's what they like to do. And I think both sides really would uh, prefer to just talk in spring. And I think they'll probably cut it off once the season begins. But I, I would say uh, that uh, they maybe we'll see. Yeah, there's no indication so far. There's been no 
official offer given. Uh, the talks are preliminary, as you said, um, but I, I do think that uh, it's going to be slow at the start. We will we will see for sure. But uh, the Cardinals uh, use their brain on this. Uh, you know, they're they're pretty cautious. Uh, they did play for Pujols, and they did offer him ultimately somewhere around two hundred million dollars. They were outbid by quite a bit. As we know, he went to the Angels for two hundred forty million. Uh, they let Holiday go, even though they love Matt Holiday. I was with the Cardinals today, and Mike Matheny talked about what a great person Matt Holiday is, and I do agree. He is a great guy, and they made really no effort to uh, bring him back. So uh, the Cardinals aren't a very nostalgic group. Uh, Yadier Molina may be an icon, but that doesn't mean they're going to go into some wild overpay. They're going to use their head and try to figure it out. But obviously he's a legendary player there, and he had a nice year last year for them to – Hasn't had the power that he had a, a few years ago, but still had a, a nice year for them. Obviously, he's still a great defender. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's not going to go that quickly. I'll say that. I don't know whether they get it done, but I don't think any, there's anything close on the horizon on this one. Okay. Well, and like you said, that really falls in line with some of the past negotiations and ultimately letting Matt Holiday, Albert Pujols go, go elsewhere. So definitely no reason uh, as fantasy owners to, to overreact to this news. Now, MLB.com is reporting that David Wright is tentatively scheduled to play catch on Sunday. That may not sound like a big deal, but he has not thrown a baseball since last June. And of course, he had uh, back surgery and, and there's a real question mark about what Wright's readiness will be uh, for this season, what kind of role that it can play. So I think that, uh, you know, given this news, maybe we do see Wright this year, but uh, the Mets have to be looking more long-term at their third base situation. Uh, I would have to think that Jose Reyes will repeat reprise his role from last season, but he becomes a free agent after this year. Uh, is there any movement uh, within the front office to address the situation beyond 2017? Uh, no, not with Reyes. Uh, they're very happy to have had the contract they got. Reyes was put himself in a, a rough position with the domestic abuse situation and uh, wanted to go back to the Mets. And to get that done, they had to give uh, the Mets a team option uh, at the minimum this year. And so he's taking his medicine. And obviously he was a good soldier last year, did a reasonable job at third base, good enough where he'll uh, be the backup this year and a backup with a good chance to play a significant role as Obviously, uh, David Wright has a, a very significant injury in terms of uh, we're talking about the neck and back. It's uh, really not sure what he can do. I have full faith in Wright. If he can get on the field to play, that he'll be fairly productive. Uh, I think he had a pretty good hard hit rate and was better than the numbers indicated uh, in his recent play, but he's uh, had a hard time getting on the field due to significant injuries, as I said. So. I can see Reyes playing a, a pretty big role this year, uh, but in terms of an extension for him, no, there's not been any talk on that. They have talked to uh, Walker about an extension briefly. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, uh, moving over to the American League, J.J. Hardy yesterday, that being Thursday, had an MRI on his lower back and is scheduled to have a CT scan done today. This, for me, maybe clears up a transaction that, for me, was a little bit of a head-scratcher. The Orioles signed Juan Francisco, who did not play, play organized ball on any level in 2016, played just a few games in Japan in 2015. Uh, are those two, movement, uh, those two developments rather related to each other? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're close in, in time, but I, I don't think so. I, Juan Francisco, for me, is more of a power threat, not a shortstop. 
I'm not really seeing that. Uh, uh, they, they certainly need some, need some concern about Hardy at this point, though, and figuring out what else to do. Uh, if they don't have Hardy, they obviously could. Uh, I guess you're thinking they're going to move Machado to, uh, to shortstop right. and then have Francisco. I think of Francisco is more of a flyer uh, than anything. Uh, I, I don't know that they're related uh, at all. And uh, I, I get your point. They can move Machado to short, and he was pretty good there uh, when Hardy was out in the past. But uh, I'm not sure that they really know that Francisco can be a, an everyday third baseman or even a major league third baseman at this point. He has great power, but, uh, you know, I think that's kind of a, a flyer, a long shot type thing at third base. They might have to look elsewhere if Hardy is really out for a while, either fourth short or third. Right, yeah, they do have those options because of Machado being able to play either right. position. Right, uh, But, right. yeah, it was he just it was a curious... Yeah, it was, it was a curious signing. Uh, he, he does sort of fit... Francisco does sort of fit the mold, though, of uh, Chris Davis, uh, Mark Trumbo, uh, you know, those sorts of players that they, they do seem to like. Yeah, well, they already have two of those kind of players. I don't know. <laughs> the third one who's not quite in the category, I shouldn't, and I say quite, that's uh, euphemism. Yeah. He's not yeah. nearly in the category of Trumbo or he, certainly uh, Davis. So, uh, But he is an all-or-nothing type guy. But uh, you have three of them. I'm not sure that they want to do that. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think it's just a flyer, kind of like the Willie Mopena signing by Cleveland. We've seen a few of those around baseball. We saw Carlos Quint by the Red Sox. Uh, I put all those guys, all three of those, in that same category. I, I think you, you're giving the, the Orioles a little extra credit there that maybe uh, is unwarranted. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough, John. And you, you reminded me, one of the things I love about spring training, especially when you, you go to the games and you see players that, like Francisco, literally out of ball for a year, really more than a year, and, and you see uh, players take the field. That, that player's still around. Un, you know, I, I, Unbelievable. Right. I mean, so, you never uh, know. We've seen guys who retire or be out of the game for a year or longer and come back and be productive. Joe Blanton was kind of throwing in his backyard in uh, Nashville. And I think it was Zach Duke who lived nearby and said, hey, you still throw pretty good. You want to give it a shot? And he came back and uh, had some productive years there. And certainly it was very good with the Dodgers, still a free agent this year. Uh, I don't know whether what happened there, but he was pretty good last year with the Dodgers. Casimir uh, was another Dodger who was out for a year, retired. Uh, we've seen that happen uh, probably with pitchers more than, than hitters, but it, it, no reason it can't happen with a hitter too. But I think all those three guys, those Guys that we mentioned, including Pena and uh, Francisco, those are those are flyers. You never know; they have talent, they have big time power. It's fun to watch them take DP, but I wouldn't count on uh, real big seasons for either one of them, or any seasons for either one of them. Yeah, well, I think that's that's good advice. But it'll be fun to watch this spring for sure. Exactly. Uh, a few other uh, developments from a fancy perspective. Probably pretty minor. Uh, Aaron Hill assigned a minor league deal with the Giants, and the only kind of collateral impact I could see here is that maybe if Eduardo Nunez struggles, that now the Giants have uh, probably a better insurance policy there. But again, it's a minor league deal, so that to me is a signal that probably Hill is, is more slated for a utility role. Jarrell Cotton yeah. is reported to be the front runner to be the fourth starter uh, in Oakland behind Sonny Gray, Sean Manaya, and Kendall Graveman. And uh, Cotton had a, a nice season in the minors last year and uh, a brief time up with Oakland. Uh, and, of course, uh, spent most of the year in the, in the Dodgers organization. 
Tyler Austin, not been a good spring for him so far. Uh, first of all, the Yankees acquiring Chris Carter, so probably effectively ruling him out of the Yankees' first base pic- uh, picture. Now Austin's got a small fracture in his foot. He's set to be wearing a boot for the next three weeks and to not participate in baseball activities for the next six weeks at least. And the Chicago Sun-Times reported yesterday that Javier Baez could possibly be the Cubs' full-time second baseman at some point this season, maybe even as soon as opening day. John, have you uh, heard anything more about this? And uh, if so, uh, obviously there's going to be some moving parts there. Uh, who who might lose playing time if you think that this is a, a really likely scenario? Yeah, to me that makes perfect sense. Javier Baez is one of the best two or three second basemen in baseball and a young guy. It's a guy they've loved and made an untouchable to me, you just put him at second, and that's it. Uh, you know, I'd seen speculation earlier that Zobris could be played second or whatever. I, I don't believe that. I think this story is probably uh, more close to accurate. I, I see Baez as their second baseman. Uh, Zobris uh, obviously had the big hit in the World Series, a great player. Uh, you know, he may lose a couple of bats. Uh, Schwarber uh, certainly coming back from an injury. Not a great left fielder at this point, or not really even a left fielder that we know about, but he's going to play left. Uh, we'll see in terms of how frequently he may be on the bench. Um, and I think they'd like to have him play a lot, but we'll see. And, uh, I mean, obviously Hayward was pretty terrible offensively last year. No matter how great he was defensively and whatever the war may tell you, uh, the Cubs have serious concern about him offensively. They have to, really, at this point. And uh, you can easily see him losing playing time and uh, maybe Zobris playing right field and, and them figuring it out that way. But uh, they're in a good position right now with an extra player. But to me, Baez is your starting second baseman. If I'm them, that's the guy. So, you know, they're smarter than I am. They'll figure it out. But uh, to me, Baez is a second baseman. And in terms of those other guys, to me, Cotton's got to be in that rotation. Uh, he was great last year with the with the A's, and obviously they loved his potential when they made the trade to get him. So I, I'd be shocked if he's not in the rotation in, in one way or another. And uh, as far as Tyler Austin goes, yeah, it was a very rough spring, good way to put that. Uh, Chris Carter effectively taking his role to begin with. Now he now he's hurt, so uh, it's unfortunate he'll be back. But uh, you know, more likely as a minor leaguer. Uh, the one caveat there is Aaron Judge. How, is, how does Aaron Judge do? If he's an all-or-nothing type player, Yankees want to give him every chance because uh, when he gets all, he can hit the ball a long way, but he's unproven. So uh, we will see. Austin can play a little bit in the outfield too. But uh, uh, right now I wouldn't uh, wouldn't put Austin in a, in a high-round situation. I'm not a fantasy expert, but I wouldn't pick him in a high-round <laughs> if that's what you're looking at. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, still, maybe some some stash ability in uh, in AL only leagues because, like you said, he can play some outfield. Uh, well, John, we have to head to break. Uh, we have a little bit of Rangers talk to cover here, and then we'll take a look at uh, who's left a, a few free agents that are sort of intriguing from a fantasy perspective. Take a look, take a look at those in the trade market when we come back. Welcome back, everybody, to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I am your host, Al Melfior, and I'm joined today by fellow FanRag writer, uh, somebody that you all know, John Heyman. And if you don't know him, 
via Twitter, uh, you absolutely have to correct that. He is one of my favorite follows on Twitter, uh, and he is at uh, at John J O N Heyman H E Y M A N. Uh, so uh, please uh, be sure if you're not doing so already, uh, follow John because uh, great follow with great information uh, every single day. So uh, John, just before the break, we were. Uh, discussing some of the recent news. There seems to be a growing flurry now that we're deep into the first week of spring training. Now, one of the things uh, that came out yesterday wasn't so much news, but just more of a a confirmation of what we already knew. The Rangers officially announcing their deal with Mike Napoli. Uh, But this is something that you wrote on recently. And uh, I recall that you said that he actually turned down a lot more money to re-sign with Texas what was his uh, his incentive to become a Ranger yet again? Uh, well, he'd been there twice before. In fact, you remember in the uh, World Series, was it? my memory's not going too well, but you know what? He was going to be the World Series MVP uh, until the Cardinals pulled it out in the end, uh, I believe. It was it was 2011. Uh, he was a right, big yeah. hero in Texas. And, uh, you know, he did a great job. They loved him. They wanted him back. And, uh he definitely had outside interest. Uh, teams uh, liked the fact that he had won everywhere he had gone in 2013, did win the World Series with the Red Sox, uh, played a big role on that team. Obviously, was a big. I played a big role in Cleveland last year, the party in Napoli thing, and his first 30 and 100 season in Cleveland. Um, and uh, the Indians had expressed interest early on before they went out and got Encarnacion, obviously a, a much bigger a player and bigger deal uh, at this point. But uh, uh, Napoli had offers elsewhere, and I think teams looked at him as a leader type, a guy who could help uh, in the clubhouse, and certainly Minnesota was very, very interested in him, and they were they would love to have gotten him, and uh, uh, they they were unable to do that. Minnesota obviously has a lot of... Uh, issues. Uh, they certainly need pitching uh, first and foremost, but uh, they wanted Napoli uh, for that leadership. And uh, unfortunately for them, they did not get him. He went back to uh, Texas. Uh, he wants to win, and he loved it in Texas. Was there any sort of advantage for Napoli in terms of playing time or role in Texas, or was that pretty much uh, what he was he was going to get full time play uh, regardless of where he went? Yeah, I think he's going to be close to a full-time player uh, in either place. Uh, we're going to see with Texas. It's pretty interesting uh, what goes on. They've had some big prospects, and we're still waiting to see what uh, they become in Profar and Gallo. But uh, uh, Napoli is basically, I think, a full-time player either of those places that he, he could have gone. Well, that's, that's encouraging to me. Napoli is somebody I've been targeting in drafts so far. You can almost always get him very late. And I really believe in the production that he had with the Indians last year. And I, I really put a lot of stock in, in the narrative that he finally was recovered from the sleep apnea surgery, which is an incredibly invasive procedure, and that uh, he's really as, as good as he's ever been. So. Yeah, I mean, he had 30 and 100 for the first time in his career in his mid-30s, so uh, I think he really was bothered by this for a long, long time. Now, he did slump at the end of the year. He was not as good, uh, for whatever reason, uh, toward the end of the season and in the playoffs as he was throughout the season, and uh, he wasn't great against right-handed pitching, so, uh, you know, it depends on how many left-handers they face. He he really he bulked up on lefties uh, last year, but uh, obviously, overall, a terrific season uh, for Mike Napoli. Uh, in the clubhouse and on the field. Yeah, uh, that is for sure. 
Uh, so with Napoli off the board, and of course Chris Carter, some some others that have signed recently been late signings. The free agent pool has not been uh, drained completely yet, uh, and I think probably the most intriguing name from both a real baseball and a fantasy baseball perspective that's still out there is Matt Weeters. Now that was reported, I think probably about a week ago, that he had a uh, a contusion. I think it was on his forearm. That was something of a deterrent for teams signing him. Is there is is that much of a factor at this point uh, with Weeders? And uh, what's what's the latest on him? No, I haven't heard that uh, being any factor. I know that the Rays had made an offer. I don't believe that they are considered the front runner at this point. Uh, it does seem there are some teams that are trying to buy him fish a little bit, hoping for a deal, and uh, he's waited this long. I don't know that he's signing at this point at some bargain rate, but, uh, uh, you know, potentially we'll see. I, I was with the Nats. They don't seem to be talking to Weirders at the moment. Uh, they have Norris, who hit 180 or so last year, so, uh, you know, they're expecting him to do better this year. That's what they say, but uh, you never know. Uh, they've made late deals before, and they've made uh, good deals before, and they've obviously worked with Scott Boris. Uh, before, so I wouldn't rule out the Nats. You've got uh, the Angels could make up some sense there. Uh, right now they've got Maldonado and others, uh, and I think the Rockies are going to stick with the young guys. That seems to be the case, so uh, I think that uh, their catchers will be Murphy and Walters. I, I don't think they're going to uh, take the plunge uh, for Weeders. Uh, Milwaukee is another team that's uh, been talked about a little bit. Uh, they also don't have an obvious starting uh, catcher, and they have a young pitching staff. It would make sense there as well. Uh, and then Atlanta is the other team. But I, I, they seem to be fairly committed to Tyler Flowers. So uh, I'd be a little surprised if it's Atlanta, but I wouldn't be shocked. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because they also just recently signed Kurt Suzuki. So somebody would have to be the odd catcher out. I guess yeah. unless they went with three. There, well, Suzuki but... was a million or a million and a half. Or, you know, it, it sounds like a lot of money to me and you, but that's a, a chicken feed uh, for a team moving into a new stadium. You never know if they get the right deal. I was told never say never, so I'm not ruling them out. But as I said, I'd be surprised, not shocked. Interesting. Okay. Well, we talked uh, just earlier about Mike Napoli now uh, officially off the market couple of first basemen still out there, obviously not quite the same uh, caliber, but Pedro Alvarez and Ryan Howard, both sort of marginal from a fantasy perspective. But I am interested in where they go because uh, there could be uh, a domino effect there where maybe, for example, you mentioned the Twins, where maybe if you were interested in a, a Kenny Vargas or maybe a, a comeback by Byung-Ho Park, uh, certainly if they brought somebody in like a Pedro Alvarez those players' stock, I think, would, would go down. Is there any news on either Alvarez or Howard? No, not really. I haven't heard uh, much more on Alvarez. I, I just heard the Twins had discussed it. I don't know how seriously, um, you know, at this point. I, it's hard for me to think of other teams that are really involved. So for that reason, I'm not ruling them out. But I don't think there's a great likelihood of the Twins at this moment. Uh, in terms of Howard, we've heard nothing on anybody uh, you know, I, and we know I, I was kind of thinking Tampa might be the team because uh, he's got a home down there from all of his time in Clearwater with the Phillies. And, uh, you know, at this point, he'd be a bargain rate, and they didn't really have first base filled, but now they signed Logan Morrison as their left handed uh, part of that. So, uh, you know, is it possible, uh, you know, they could, they could add him uh, doing some DH work or something like that? I guess that's possible. Uh, it makes some sense to me. He's not going to be a big 
cost factor at this point. I think he wants to just play some if he can get a spot. And I mean, really, I think we're probably realistically though. I think DH is probably more likely than first base for Ryan Howard anyway. So uh, that'd be my guess there. But I, I mean, he may not get a job. I don't know if there's any guarantee that he will. Uh, Udley, we saw get a job with the Dodgers, a major league job. Uh, and uh, Rollins is getting a tryout basically with the Giants. Uh, but I think it could be the end of the line for Howard and also Shane Victorino who kind of hasn't decided yet whether he wants to uh, give it a shot on a minor league deal. <laughs> okay. Well, a couple more names that I think have a little bit more fantasy appeal, certainly not you know eye-opening names, but players with some mixed league relevance. Uh, Angel Pagan, who can steal a few bases if you put him uh, atop – uh, a lineup, he could score some runs, hit for a good average. Uh, anybody interested in his services at this point? You know, I, I early on I heard the Orioles connected to him. Um, you know, so if I were to guess, I could I could guess them. I don't know if there's any great likelihood there either. Um, there are other teams that it could be potentially looking at the outfield. Uh, maybe the Giants, uh, maybe the White Sox. Um, uh, you know, there, there are a few other possibilities out there for Angel Pagan. I'm a little surprised, obviously, he's had some injuries. I would say the Giants are probably not that likely at this point. They haven't signed him to this point. you got to think, well, maybe and they figure that uh, they've they've enjoyed the best of Angel Pagan and they're not bringing him back. But uh, they are a team that is not completely certain in left field at this point. They've got young guys that uh, they they – uh, seem to be somewhat committed to, not completely. If something came along, I wouldn't rule it out, but uh, uh, I think the Giants are probably a long shot there. Okay. Uh, and finally, Colby Lewis. Uh, again, not somebody that is really high in most people's rankings, but uh, could give you innings, and I think maybe in the right location, the right venue, uh, could be an effective mixed league pitcher. Uh, he... Uh, I think what, he took a newspaper out, I think it was, or made some sort of announcement uh, yes. saying goodbye to the Rangers and their fans, uh, and yet there wasn't any subsequent signing that I was aware of. Um, so that was a little bit curious to me. What's his status? Yeah, I, I think he's just a very polite guy. I don't think he has anything else that I know of. Um, you know, in terms of fantasy, I could see where he wouldn't be a superstar, but in terms of a team... Uh, I think he could fill out a rotation for somebody. He knows how to pitch, and he th- throws innings, and he figures out how to win some games. I think uh, uh, to a lesser degree than Weaver. I, mean, I think Jared Weaver I'd put ahead of uh, Lewis. But, uh, I, you know, I think either guy could probably help somebody, but uh, I think the vo- the velocity uh, has hurt both guys. I mean, Weaver will get a major league job if he wants one. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it depends on what the offer is and where it is and all that. Uh, Lewis, at this point, I have not heard anything connected to him, so I'm really not sure uh, what's going on with him. I, I Maybe I like him better uh, than the teams do, and he's un, he's just unfortunate that I don't own a team. But uh, I have not heard him connected to anybody to this point. Okay, so we'll stay tuned for that, uh, see what happens. There's obviously still quite a bit of time till opening day. Uh, so with that in mind, there could be some trades uh, during spring training. And so, John, we can talk about who are the potential trade candidates to go between now and opening day and talk about some teams that still could use some upgrades at a variety of positions. So we will cover those right after this break. 
You have tuned in to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melker, your host. I'm joined today by John Heyman of FanRag Sports. Uh, you can follow John on Twitter. In fact, you really should follow John on Twitter at, at J-O-N-H-E-Y-M-A-N. And John, we're uh, talking about some uh, potential player movement during spring training. Of course, rosters are mostly settled, but... There are a few players out there who could be on the move and, of course, teams that could uh, still be looking to upgrade at certain positions. So who are the biggest name uh, players that you think have a, a good chance of being moved before opening day? Well, I would say Quintana uh, is probably the best player who's got a, a reasonable chance to be moved. Obviously, the White Sox are have been working on it, and uh, they may continue to work on it. It may not be the spring training. It may be at the deadline or even after the year. I think at some point during this year or the winter uh, that Quintana will probably get moved. Uh, the White Sox are clearly in a rebuild mode. They made great trades uh, with uh, Sale, certainly, and with Eaton, uh, specifically, uh, certainly as well. So uh, they they want to make a nice third trade with Quintana. Uh, the other pieces that they have to move, they will not be able to get that kind of a haul for, or, or really any kind of a haul at this point. Uh, Power has not played in free agency, and the same would be true of trade. So Todd Frazier's uh, market is limited at the moment, so I don't know that they'll be trading him. The other guy that they could trade is uh, David Robertson, uh, who's a good closer, and obviously we know the Nationals uh, don't really have a set closer at this point, and this is a clear question for them. I talked to Joe Nathan the other day, and he's a candidate at age 42 to be a closer, as is any reliever in that uh, in, in in that clubhouse right now in that camp. So uh, I, I would say Robertson is a, is a guy who could get moved as well. Obviously, we've heard about McCutcheon and, to a lesser degree, Harrison from Pittsburgh as potential trade guys. I would say. Uh, McCutcheon still got a chance to move. Uh, uh, you know, they obviously have some great young outfielders there, and I think uh, if they got the right move, they would do it. But for whatever reason, uh, the Nats uh, preferred Eaton. And I think the contract with five years to go had something to do with it, uh, with Eaton, and that's why they made that deal with four or five years to go and uh, rather than McCutcheon. But uh, McCutcheon is a guy that they are still willing to talk about so uh, I can think that's another interesting one. And, you know, I, I would say Sonny Gray has a chance to be moved. I'm, I, I'm not sure of the likelihood at this point. They'd be selling low if they moved him uh, now, though. So, I, you know, I don't think there's a great chance. That, and the Tampa guys, you know, Chris Archer, you hear his name. I just don't see that. I don't believe that the, the Rays would trade Chris Archer. Uh, they're talking uh, optimistically. Whether you believe that or not, I don't know. But uh, they're talking that way. And... Uh, you know they're not they're not going to trade Chris Archer if they really have believe they have a chance uh, to win. So um, we'll see about that. But I would say Chris Archer is probably staying uh, where he is. Now you brought up a couple of interesting situations, and both situations where there are prospects who are close to major league ready who need a place to play both with the White Sox and the Rays. So going back to the White Sox first, they've got to make room for Yoan Moncada. You mentioned Todd Frazier, probably not going anywhere in the near future. Is there any discussion about Brett Laurie maybe being moved and creating space? Yes, I, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, Brett Laurie and, and I tie them together because their names are similar. Jet Lowry is another <laughs> name that I've heard is out there. 
And, you know, I thought the Giants, before they signed Aaron Hill, were a possibility, or the Braves uh, may be a possibility. Uh, not sure, but I've heard Brent Laurie's name out there a little bit, as well as Jed Lowry. So there are guys like that who could get moved uh, from team to team. But I, I was thinking of what big name could possibly get moved. And, sure, of uh, course. You know, I think Quintana is the, big, is the big name that could possibly get moved. And I think Robertson probably... He may have a better chance than, than in Quintana to get moved, uh, but I ran Quintana because he's the big name at this point. Right, right. And that was the question. Who are the biggest names? Uh, fantasy owners are yeah. probably not sitting on the I tried to listen to the question. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, if Quintana changes leagues and you draft him in AL, you, you've got a problem. Uh, Brett Laurie, not, not to the same degree. Uh, now, no, Tampa. Not at all. Yeah, that Tampa, uh, you expressed some skepticism that Archer's on the move. But meanwhile, the the Rays did acquire Jose De Leon. They've got Brent Honeywell. So two pitchers who could come up this year at some point. Uh, how do they make room there? Is there anybody else in the Rays rotation that you think well, has a better I could chance? Well, I trading Alex Cobb, yeah, because Alex Cobb is a free agent uh, after the year. So I could see them de- dealing him. Uh, that could make some sense. And there'll be a lot of teams that would be interested in him. He should be better now as next year coming off of the Tommy John from the previous year. I could see him pitching well and then taking advantage and making a nice deal for him. But they love Chris Archer. He's their leader. He's their guy. And they think that they could contend. I don't know who else thinks that, but someone might. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't believe that, that, that Archer will get dealt. Yeah, well, for what it's worth, I I like the Rays offseason. I like what they've done. The Logan Morrison move was a little surprising, but it's also not a particularly high-risk, high-cost move for them. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that they're contenders quite yet. But I think they're moving in the in the right direction, and they've, they've got, uh, as they always seem to do, they, they've got a great farm system. So uh, let's shift focus here to some of the teams uh, not necessarily looking to deal bigger name players, but but just looking to bring somebody in that can upgrade a weak spot. And a lot has been made about the Indians offseason, and certainly when you bring in Edwin Encarnacion, uh, that's that's a good thing. That's a big positive. But the outfield situation still looks very unsettled. You've got Michael Brantley, who uh, we don't know when he'll come back and, and how healthy he'll be this year. You have Tyler Naquin, who appears to be the front runner to start in center field, but the Indians have been rumored to be in the center field market. So it seems like maybe his position uh, or his status isn't completely solid there. And Lonnie Chisenhall in right field. So it seems like the Indians could be a team that this spring could, could make some more moves. Is there any, any movement uh, there in Cleveland? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's certainly a lot of questions there. I know they'd spoken very optimistically about Brantley as they did a year ago. And I think I reported, uh, two or three months ago that there still was some question on Brantley. Of course, uh, a million people from Cleveland. I love people from Cleveland, but I heard from a million people from Cleveland that I don't know anything about the Indians and that I was clearly wrong and that Brantley's, of course, going to be okay. But uh, it does seem like it's moving very slowly, and I do think that Brantley is a considerable question at this point. Uh, In terms of the outfield, uh, you know, they've got Austin Jackson that they signed on a minor league deal, so we'll see what he does. Maybe he'll uh, return uh, and be healthier this year than he was last year. Um, I, there, there aren't a lot of options left on that free agent market. You've got Michael Bourne, who they had as a free agent and, and overpaid for. I doubt they'll bring him back. And you've got Pagan, who's had injury questions himself. So, uh, you know, I mean, there's always 
trade potentials. You know, we we talked about McCutcheon being out there, but I, I think the Indians must be at their limit in terms of the money at this point after spending twenty million a year. I give them all the credit in the world that for spending twenty million a year to get Encarnacion. Uh, that was the best move of the off season, or one of the best that I saw out there, and uh, I applaud them for that. It's really incredible that uh, Cleveland was able to. Uh, make such a maneuver, and uh, they helped an already strong bullpen by getting Boone Logan. I I, I love their team now. I always uh, rated them less than other people. I was obviously wrong last year, but uh, I'm jumping on the bandwagon now. I think they're really good, and I think they'll figure it out. Uh, you know, their infield is so good, and their rot- their rotation is good, and their bullpen is really good. So I think they'll piece it together in the outfield and be okay. Yeah, and they were one of the highest-scoring teams in the majors last year, and they upgraded from Napoli to Encarnacion. Encarnacion. So certainly has been a, a very good offseason for the Indians. Uh, now, also, in terms of needing an outfield upgrade and in the AL Central, the Tigers haven't really made a move to fill that center field spot that's been vacant since they uh, traded uh, Cameron Maven to the Angels. Uh, they did, in a very low-key move, pick up uh, Mikey uh, Matuk from the the Rays, uh, but the reports are that Tyler Collins, as it stands, would probably be the front runner there. Uh, are they content with that situation, or do you think the Tigers will bring somebody in? Well, they've been, been making some noise about bringing somebody in, and I'm surprised they haven't. Uh, you know, I thought Borges or somebody like Borges or somebody along those lines would would make sense for them. Uh, in center field, um, you know, Bourne's still out there. I could tie him with everybody at this point. He's still still out there. But Don, to me, is not a center fielder, so I, I don't see that one. Uh, you know, I mean, could they go out and, and, and go for McCutcheon after they said that they were going to probably pair back and they didn't do it and then go out and get somebody? I mean, I, it does seem to be improbable. Uh, you know, Mike Illich obviously uh, is not with us anymore, and uh, he was a guy who really – and tried to win, and we're going to have to see what how the Tigers proceed now in the future. But I, I gave him all the credit. I thought he was a terrific owner, one guy you could actually claim to have lost money. And, you know, many may may claim to lose money, and you don't really believe it. But this one you could claim, and you believe it um, because they really spent uh, beyond their means. It seemed, uh, but we, we, we will see. They, I give them credit though for. Uh, not the standing for going for it again. You never know. Uh, Victor Martinez is, is himself, and uh, J.D. Martinez has a good year, and Kinsler and all those guys, uh, Verlander and uh, Cabrera, you never know. Uh, they are a threat. Uh, they certainly uh, look like they could give it one good last shot, but uh, I'm kind of with you that they could use another outfielder if they can find one. Yeah, I would think so. Again, given their pattern of, of going out and spending, this, this is definitely out of character. Uh, now, the Braves, I think, are a really interesting team. They've got um, Adonis Garcia at third base. They have Rio Ruiz uh, in the wings, although I haven't really seen a lot in terms of them grooming him as a, a full-time replacement. You had mentioned before, if I heard you correctly, that Brett Laurie might be a fit there, uh, especially now with Sean Rodriguez being out for the year. Uh, have you heard anything about the Braves making a, a run at anybody to uh, upgrade to third base? I really haven't. I think they can. They considered a lot of these guys, Laurie and Lowry and Aaron Hill, who just went to the Giants before they uh, got uh, the second baseman that they really wanted to get. Uh, you know, so uh, they needed to uh, fulfill a spot there. 
to replace John Rodriguez, who unfortunately uh, was hurt in that terrible uh, traffic accident in South Florida, in which his entire family suffered injury, and uh, it appears that all of them are going to survive, thank God. Uh, now he's going to be out for the year uh, and uh, with that shoulder surgery, but they did get Brandon Phillips for second base, and they didn't go, they didn't opt for Lowry, Laurie, or any of the other trade possibilities, Todd Frazier, so, uh, you know, maybe they're sad, and they, uh, we haven't heard them really connected at third base yet, so, uh, maybe they're satisfied that our donors will be okay. They've got a few kids, Rio Ruiz. they got a kid named Riley, something who's a pretty good third-base prospect as well. So uh, maybe they feel okay about Adonis. Uh, their offense was actually good in the second half last year, believe it or not. Once they got Kemp, they all yeah. seemed to start playing better. Yeah, that was very good. It was very good. So, well, John, we uh, got a few questions from Twitter. We've got to go to break right now, but when we come back uh, – We'll uh, try to provide some information uh, for the people who are looking for it. Uh, so stay tuned, please. Welcome back, everybody. This is Fan Rack Fantasy Baseball. We're bringing it down to the home stretch here. Uh, I'm Al Melchior, your host. Uh, we've got John Heyman here today from Fan Rack Sports. And uh, John, we've got a few questions from the uh, the Twitter public out there. Uh, people looking for some some insight on some some pretty interesting questions here. So let's let's get to it. The first one is from Joe uh, Joseph Pitleski, and that's uh, at Shoeless Joe P. So excellent handle there, Joe. And he's got two <laughs> questions actually. Who's got the leg up for the shortstop job in Arizona, Catal Marte or Chris Owings? And the second question. Who's going to close for the Pirates, Daniel Hudson or Tony Watson? Wow, good questions. Uh, uh, Watson just suffered that defeat in the arbitration uh, game, but uh, a really good pitcher. Um, still yet to prove to me that he's a closer. I see what they what they say about it. Obviously, they like Hudson very much. Gave him a nice two-year deal. Uh, those are two good options there. Um Geez, I would I would go uh, I would go probably with more toward uh, Watson if I had a guess uh, there uh, and a shortstop uh, with Arizona um, I think uh, uh, you know I wouldn't bet against Marte taking that job um, but uh, obviously Owens has been there uh, for a while uh, try a little at second uh, good good solid player. Uh, hasn't been as good offensively as he was in the minors, I don't believe. Uh, but, I, you know, Marte was a guy that they acquired in trade. You never bet against somebody that uh, they obviously liked for a reason. So I uh, would not bet against Marte. Though. He was not very good last year with Seattle. Um, but I think he's got potential, and I could see him taking that job. Now, the one name that Joe didn't mention in his question, and it's it's – probably not coincidence because it's not somebody I think fantasy owners are very excited about, but Nick Ahmed, uh, have the Diamondbacks soured on him because it was sort of curious that they traded yeah, away Segura. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I understand why fantasy owners would not be uh, excited. Uh, more of a defensive player, uh, you know, occasionally get a hold of one. Uh, you know, my impression is that he was a La Russa favorite. Uh, La Russa still there. Uh, he still may have a little bit of power. I saw they signed Descalso as a utility guy, a St. Louis guy, so he may still have a little bit of say, but uh, he's not in charge anymore. So I, I think Ahmed was a, 
a Larusa guy. So for whatever that's worth, uh, I would say that uh, Larusa does not have the power that he had, and I would say that the first two were probably more likely than Ahmed as a starter. Okay, that's interesting. I've gotten this question too, and and I've said just completely on a hunch that I would think that that Ahmed would actually have the inside track on that. So that's that's important because he would block one or both of these uh, offensively superior players. So that that's uh, that's really a situation to watch this spring. Now we have a question here from at uh, G Jewett nine. That handle belongs to Greg Jewett and Greg Jewett is one of our colleagues at FanRag. So uh, Greg's got a great question for us here. Will the nationals make a move at closer before the season starts? And this is, I think the fascinating part here. Could Strasburg be the ninth in the uh, answer or, uh, you know, be, uh, because of the durability questions with him? Yeah, I mean, they gave Strasburg $175 million. And I know that the closer price went way up, and uh, but it didn't go up that high. So they're, they're counting on him to be a starter. Uh, they, that, that would be a last resort, uh, not happening anytime this year. Uh, they had a long deal with Strasburg. Maybe at some point they could consider that, but uh, not going to happen this year. I and mean, I was just in that camp. Uh, there's no talks going on right now with Colomay. Uh, Robertson and corner them. They never felt they were close. It, it seemed like there was some progress, some discussions with Robertson, but it didn't happen. Uh, they're talking about their potential of being, uh, you know, either Romero, uh, you know, outside chance Nathan, uh, Kelly, uh, Glover they've got there as well. Uh, there's a couple more guys that they mentioned. Uh, it's a real hot spot. They want one guy. They don't want to to mix and match. They don't like the committee idea. Uh, my guess is, and uh, this would just be a guess, because they said they're not close on either of those guys, is that they go out and get somebody. But at this point, there's no, uh, nothing close, uh, no, uh, no impetus. They seem to be hopeful they can find it uh, from those guys, from I think it's Rivero, uh, one of the guys, uh, Kelly uh, Glover. Uh, Nathan, and I think there are one or two others that uh, they're considering. But uh, I, I think they'll go out and get somebody, if not right at the beginning, not in spring training sometime pretty soon. Yeah, well, yeah, I know a lot of people are really watching the situation because Sean Kelly's got a lot of appeal as a. As a yeah, you know what? They, they kind of downplayed that, both guys. I talked to Rizzo, and uh, he said that there was no favorite. To me, I thought Kelly would be the favorite. He said there was no favorite, and then later uh, Baker explained a little bit more, saying that because Kelly had two Tommy Johns, they were very careful with him and didn't want to use him two, three days in a row. They always rested him, and it's easier to do that when you're not the closer. But if you're the setup man, it's not that easy to do it either. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't rule that out. That that is a logical choice in terms of uh, experience and uh, stuff. Uh, to make it Kelly among what's what they have there, uh, and considering that obviously Nathan is at this point 42 years old and on a minor league deal, uh, that is a logical one. But uh, they seem to downplay that both of them, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, well, and for fantasy owners, that's uh, significant development. We have a question here from Davo McFlavo. He wants to hear about any trade market for the Dodgers' many outfielders. Well, you haven't heard that much buzz on Puig. We, there was a discussion, obviously, with the uh, Brewers uh, at the uh, deadline last year. I think it was going to involve Brandon McCarthy, according to reports. 
And uh, but you just don't hear much on Puig. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what they decide to do. They've obviously got a lot of outfielders now. They've sent Gutierrez. They've got Tolls, uh, Thompson. There's some injury question, but hopes for him. Uh, and they have Ethier still uh, with another year to go. And obviously Jack Peterson, the center fielder. So uh, I mean that's the really the one unsettled spot. I love the Dodgers. I think they're terrific. They've got great depth at pitcher. Uh, they got a lot of outfielders once again, but not the established stars that they had at one point. So uh, interesting to see what they end up doing. Uh, it seems like you know they they they're in a way tired of Puig's act. They sent him to the minor leagues, and uh, you know he came back. They said he matured some. Uh, it was good for him and all that, but uh, he, he's didn't necessarily take a job uh, coming back because he hasn't proven that he can hit again. So uh, that's the interesting one to keep an eye on for me to see uh, whether somebody else uh, would take him uh, and and give them something. But uh, I I guess the hesitancy to to trade him is that, uh, you know, uh, uh, you never know he could come back and do what he used to do or what he did his first year. But it does seem to be on a down, he seems to be on a downhill plane at this point, and uh, the market value is fairly low right now. Yeah, yeah, so, so low for sure. Well, John, let's let's finish this up. Uh, we have another question about the Dodgers. This is from Daniel Preciado, D at D Preciado MLB. He also asked about the outfield situation, but uh, Daniel also wants to know who's going to be in the starting rotation on opening day. And as you mentioned, a lot of depth there, so not necessarily an easy question. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, Kershaw is the best pitcher in baseball. You've got Hill uh, at the number two spot. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of candidates. Ryu seems to be uh, healthy at this point. Uh, it says he's doing much better, so he's clearly a candidate. I mean, I think McCarthy at this point is only a candidate, uh, so we can't be sure there. Um, you would think Casimir is going to take up one of the spots for sure, and they've got a lot of... Other options, including Stripling and many, many others. So yeah. for me to predict the five, I'm not sure. But they got uh, 10 candidates, including the t- best pitcher in baseball and a very good number two pitcher. Yeah. Well, John, uh, on that note, we got to wrap up. We're just about out of time. But thank you so much for uh, joining us today. John Heyman, FanRag Sports. Uh, I'm Al Melchior. And join us again on Sunday. Uh, we'll see you again then. Have a great day.